0: You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths.
1: Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast alongside Mike Chappell and Matt Adams. I'm Dave Griffiths. Glad to have you along as the Colts are number one in the AFC South. Two and one after three weeks. Solo, alone, atop the standings in the division right now through the first uh. Won, I don't know, fifth of the season, a little bit less than that, even. But nevertheless, 17 games messes it up. It does. It percentage does. Wise. Just, just screwing, screwing with me here. But uh, but something to celebrate. And hey, like, I'll be honest, there's a lot to feel good about this week. If you're a Colts fan, I, I think that after last week's win in Baltimore, that gives you a real shot in the arm for multiple reasons. And and so there, I think there's a lot for us to be positive about today. We we won't gloss over issues by any and stretch. There were, and there were issues. Yes, there certainly were. But but the the positives way outweighed the negatives because you went into Baltimore, chap. You got a win. You beat Lamar Jackson, who was who did much worse things to this team just two years ago, and and you kind of established yourself as a team that's not one of the bottom of the right. barrel teams right now in the NFL, at least early on in the season. All of us picked the Ravens for yeah. what that's worth. Anyone outside
2: of the complex, I wonder how many people in the complex really thought. You know, if I had to put ten bucks on this game, I will say my grandson picked the Colts. There you go. But he, but he, he's like eleven, and he always picks the Colts. Well, uh, he's and, smarter than us. <laughs> and, and Kevin Bowen's infant son grabbed the Colts helmet. Hey. So, uh, but yeah, it's. There's it's about winning, you know, winning ugly, and they didn't win ugly. They won, whatever whatever the term is, but they won. I go back to the last time they were in Baltimore and they lost in overtime because their kicker didn't make a kick for whatever reasons, whatever the reasons. <laughs> so so make plays, win games, and you move on. And it's I haven't had a chance to look over Matt's syllabus here. I apologize, but there it's the sole possession of. The division lead for the first time since we looked it up week seven of 2019, mm-hmm. and it's the first time they've had sole possession of the division lead with every lot of teams playing the same amount of games since 2017. So with with every other team in the in the division struggling, Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, are, are they Jacksonville? I mean, are they back to oh, there's Jacksonville? There it is again. Uh, so you you just you, you stay there, and it, one one of the funny storylines as well. You know, with every win you're you're hurting your draft positioning. Yes, but you can't worry about that. You can't you can't worry about well, maybe you're gonna be drafting not third or fourth, but twentieth. Well, if that's what it is, then fine, and you make do with it.
1: And my point with that has always been, and, and Matt, you can correct me, or if, if you feel something different, like that's not the coaches or players' job. No, tell zero de, percent. Tell,
2: tell DeForest Buckner they're hurt right. next year's draft. Yeah, position.
1: if if you want that from the highest level of the highest level in the organization, if Jim Ursay and Chris Ballard have their eyes on four years down the road, and they think they're trying to build this thing for there, that's their job. Okay, to right. to, to trade away good assets for future picks, and then build that way. And, and and so if any complaint that the players or the coaches are playing or coaching too hard it is, is a ridiculous claim, and it always has been. It's not I don't want to
0: relitigate last season, but it's not like they went and traded for Matt Ryan because they knew they were going to just race to the bottom of the standings last year. True. This was not the plan that they had wanted.
1: Yeah. So uh, this past week, as the Colts beat the Ravens in overtime, 22 to 19, they did so without rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson, without three time Pro Bowl center Ryan Kelly. Uh, It was it was I was there. It was a very boring three and a half quarters. And then it got very interesting late and was uh, very exciting. Um, and it was a grinded-out game. It was like a typical Steelers-Ravens game, you know, where, where yards are hard to come by. It's going to look ugly. Yeah, it's going to be ugly, where field goal kickers matter, and they certainly did in this game. I'm telling you, that Justin Tucker field goal, there wasn't a single person in that stadium who thought he was going to miss that kick, and he shorted it. If he had one and a half more yards, it, if they were that much closer, he would have made that kick. It looked like it fell just short from my vantage point in the press box and then Matt Gay goes out and, and and proves why the Colts uh, gave him the contract they did and that was something that we at least I questioned I remember in the offseason talking here on this podcast being like why are you spending money here Go, albeit it's not a ton of money it's not like you're opening up the bank 25 million dollars a year for a wide receiver but you're paying a kicker the, the making him the second highest paid kicker in the in a league. rebuilding year in a rebuilding year when you had a decent guy last year and Chase McLaughlin too who, who didn't who didn't do anything to lose the job when he had it here right. he certainly stabilized things after they let go of, uh, of hot rod after week one last year so so it was just it was just a puzzling decision to me but he goes out there and he kicks four 4 50 plus yard field goals the last one they were right down Broadway for the most part it was perfect it was it was right on target it was with plenty of leg you never had to worry about the leg with with any of those kicks such a different uh, thing from years past. And also, it kind of it highlighted a difference in coaching philosophy from this game to what we've seen in years past, too, Chap, that Frank Reich was always one to go for it in a lot of those situations. What if you had fourth you and didn't four or fourth his and kicker. six? Exactly. Right. And that's, exactly. If you had this kicker, it might have been different. And I think that's an important point to make as we're analyzing why this game went down the way that it did so differently than it did for Colts games in the past.
2: Yeah, and we asked Steichen on Wednesday about how this changed, how, how having a kicker that, one, you trust – and two can routinely knock down fifty yards. I think I think he's Gay is like seventy five percent or seventy six percent on fifty yarders. Right. So the problem, what what you don't want to get into is to get complacent when it's third and six from the forty or whatever. You still want to be aggressive, but but at the same time, tell your quarterback, we've almost got three. You know, don't throw a dumb pass and don't get a sack, but be aggressive. But when you know you're going to come away more than likely with three, it just changes your approach. Maybe, maybe you're not overly aggressive because you don't trust your guy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I wasn't one of those that was up in arms about signing him, primarily because, again, you're talking, was it $5 million a year? which right. You know, it, it's eh. in roster building, you know, whatever. And and McLaughlin was pretty good last year. He was. He, was, he wasn't trash. But uh, – I guess maybe they looked at when you're going to have a team that, that may struggle in games, scoring points consistently and all this, and you, you, you need these. And at the end of the year, this is this is a game you're going to look back and say, maybe, maybe this puts you where you were, where you are at 10 and 7 or whatever. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but the schedule, we talked, this schedule is conducive. To a good start, if you are a decent team, mm-hmm.
1: and if you're if you build momentum, that helps you late in the season. You get some confidence in your rookie quarterback. You get some the defense cooking, and the defense has been Boy, playing, they're playing well. They're playing
2: well. Mm-hmm. Secondary still, I'm, I'm not sold on. Front seven is playing really
1: well in this game in Baltimore. They certainly shed the uh, the perception and what had been really the first two weeks. Week one against Jacksonville, give up fourteen points. Week two against Houston, you give up ten points. Last time you played Baltimore, we all know what happened in the fourth quarter in overtime with this defense giving up a big lead at that a play time. Exactly, and they, exactly. And they couldn't do it. Just one play throughout like the second half of the third quarter, all the fourth quarter, twenty-two and to overtime. three. It was twenty-two to three. Yes, it was awful. And and that and they did the exact opposite in this game. They they. They bowed up. They they held Baltimore four to, series. How many series were they? Were they made a play? And, and you had to because if they got ten yards further, you're in Justin Tucker field goal range. It was it was thrilling because that they were both teams were playing around midfield. If they were right. if they were trying to get that to field goal Didn't range. Didn't
2: Harbaugh pass up a sixty mid sixties? Yes. He and did. He punted. Yes, yes, he did. And of course, maybe later
1: he would have gone for it. Was w- yeah, it was a bit longer than the field goal that Tucker had already missed. He so. missed sixty-one. And, yeah. yeah, I think, I think it would have been
0: like 64, 65 yards, somewhere yes. there. But he's, but in he's there. kicked a
1: sixty-six.
2: Right.
0: So exactly. That's, he has the, the lead record to do it.
1: Yeah. But then, that, but again, that's where you know that if you miss, the game is virtually over. Right. So yes. So there's you. You can make a case for the reason why. Offensively, on the other side of the ball, it was not a banner day for the offense. I think they had two first downs on the drive. Like. Like once, they had more than two, two out of sixteen. There you go, two times out of sixteen. Right, more than two on their drives. More than two first down. So it was not a, a, a game where the offense moved the ball freely, but it was a game where they got the yard. They grinded out the yards to get enough to get Matt Gay in range. If you're talking about offensive MVP for this game, I think you can you can make a couple of. Uh, you can make some arguments for different guys. Obviously, Zach Moss has the stats with 30 carries. Like He was the workhorse for sure with 100. Fifth Colton since 99 to have 30 carries in a game. 122 yards on the ground. Caught a 17-yard TD pass what as well. Great,
2: that was a great throw.
1: Gardner Minshew goes out and is uh, efficient, if not electric, for sure. There, and
2: There needs to be a better word than efficient because... We'll Say efficient then.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you could think about it, and we'll, we'll come I'll, I'll, back think, I'll think of a better word. Exactly. Gardner. Uh, serviceable. Serviceable. Workmanlike. But he did have a safety that he gave up as well, which was oh, not good. Which and Orlovsky. At the yeah. At the same time, you're kind of glad he had that safety because he got but, stripped. Uh, but that came uh, with that came with like three minutes to play it did yeah and that shows you how well the defense played and in baltimore this week on the on the baltimore uh i don't know purple zone podcast whatever they they have over there they're complaining that uh that they fair caught that that kickoff that that punt afterward uh because that that's the big thing there uh is if he doesn't fair catch that punt there's a good chance that baltimore can get get the ball can can move it forward, can wind down the clock and, and not uh, and win this game. So uh, anyway, we're, we don't have to get into that because this is the Colts Blue Zone podcast, in fact, where we were talking about them. But like I said, Zach Moss, one candidate. You can argue Minshew as well. I think that Michael Pittman needs to be in consideration for an offensive yeah. MVP for this game with nine catches, 77 yards. I mean, those are closer to last year's numbers. It's not great percentage-wise, but he caught that huge 34-yard pass in overtime that helped flip the field. And he recovered a massive fumble. Saved him three. Exactly. Maybe, Saved him maybe seven the way this, you know. And, and in this game, you saw how important every single point was. So I'd be mean, between Zach Moss and, and, and Michael Pittman, those are two players who had really good games. Josh Downs chipped in with eight catches for 57 yards. He's becoming Jack he's Doyle. Gonna, he's going to be a player. <laughs> when, when he gets more in tune with the offense and – and route trees and discuss and reading coverages. He's got a sixty
2: yarder in his future. Yeah, you got you gotta figure
1: it's going to happen eventually if, when he gets a little bit of space. But but uh, but there there were a couple of decent performances on offense, even though Chap the the, the big points at the end of drives weren't always there.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna write about Pitt later today. And it's Steichen brought it up was it Monday, I think it was, where he said he's a definition of, of, of toughness. And he is. It's just he 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 takes some big shots, but, but he he seeks out contact. Mm-hmm. He does, and it's just the way he he said he he grew up. Not how he was raised, but how he grew up. But he's on pace for 141 catches. You know, that's the guy you hate. The guy on pace for after three games. But you know, was it? He's averaging eight, a shade over eight, eight in each each game. He and he even said today he needs to stretch the field on some of those. And he yep. does. But go back to the first game. That 39-yard bubble screen. That was speed. Mm-hmm. That was speed. It's just so hard to gauge the downfield passing because they're not doing a lot of it yet. Certainly not with Minshew. You're not. But he played well. Th- those two plays, each one, you could argue, saved the game. Because again, if he doesn't get on that ball, if, which was aided primarily first by, by Quentin, and then Minshew got in there to, to mess up the Ravens, Ravens recovery. But if he doesn't make that thirty-four yard catch, but it, it, it might have been an interception. But if not, again, you punt probably. That was a second down. But you know, then they've got the ball at midfield again. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I thought he—he's a guy that that they can have a really, really tough decision at the end of the season. This is a contract year. Yes, it is. And you say you want, you know, boy, we need more than that. we need. You know, the Justin Jefferson guys. Well, there's not a lot of those guys around. Right. But, you know, as important as he is, you're going to pay him. Because somebody's going to pay him, somebody, I think. And, and That's so, the thing. We won't go down this rabbit hole too deep, but this is why he and JT have handled this contract year totally different. Because Pitt knows he's going to get paid. He's right. not here, somewhere else. Right. And the problem with the Colts is if you don't pay him, you will pay more than that to replace him. Right. And with, with somebody you don't know. Mm-hmm. So good for him. He's a great kid, kid a great player. <laughs> Twenty four, twenty five years uh, I know, old. How I know, old he is? I know. Uh,
1: you wish he was one, two he, kids already, he, in, and I think I he has know, two, right? I know. Yeah, he just had a second this year. He he's going to be like
2: Miles Turner with the Pacers. You are going to pay him a load of money. You want more? Well, this understand that this is who he is. Mm-hmm. Maybe he – I think it would it would behoove the coaches to find a way to get more deep opportunities, and that's on the coaching staff, right? But I I think he's a really really good player. And he's given them what they need so far. It's going to be fun watching how this thing goes with him because he's just – He's getting seven, eight, nine. Well, he's getting like ten, ten of targets a game as well.
1: What What goes against players like Michael Pittman is Colts fans remember in the past what they've had. Like they, they saw Marvin, they saw Reggie for it's a years. High even bar, T isn't Y. It? Like T Y. set a pretty high bar too. And there was always a debate with T Y. Is he a number one or is I he was, not? I was on the fence as well. Exactly. And then later in his career, I think you you came around right. as, on this podcast. Even you you've talked yep. about realizing that just the the value that he added to the team. And, and so you see what the Colts had, and you judge you judge by that. You judge. With by, which isn't fair. No, it's not. And by him against other people in the wide receiver room, which is, let's be honest, pretty lacking right now. Al yeah. Pierce has not done a whole lot so far this year. You have Josh Downs, who you're optimistic about, but is a completely different McKenzie's player than Pittman really is. Nothing. McKenzie's not, uh, not a game-breaker by any stretch of the imagination. So so you, you put him out there as like, hey, why don't you take this next step? Take this next step. And it, for a player who is contributing, as I have just been saying over the past five minutes here— considerably to the win, like, be grateful for what he is. Right, and not, and, and not worry about and what she, he yeah, isn't. Yeah, you, you can want more, and that's fine, but don't judge him by that standard that right. you set by wanting more, I guess is, is the point I'm trying to make. Other side of the ball, defense. Uh, the Colts forced a, a couple a couple turnovers, a sack fumble by Taven Bryan, I think it was, mm-hmm. to get the ball. And then Juju Brents, Indy Zone, uh, punched the ball out hustle, from Kenyon hustle Drake. Play. Hustle Big play. Big hustle play. Huge, and, um, huge. On that series, like I was I was tweeting about this as it was happening. Like Juju came in the game for the first time as the third corner and they start going after him. Like they started throwing the ball his direction. They made a couple completions, and this one, look, it was on his side of the field. He gets the catch. Kenyon Drake does, turns up field, and Juju's right behind him, hustling to get there, and bam, just knocks it out from behind. He recovers it, too, which was a really great play as the ball's right over there on the 20 yard line. Yeah, over? so they were in that They, they were going the to score something. Yes, they were. They were already well within Justin Tucker field goal range there. So great to see that from Juju. And then for the rest of the game, I, I can't recall him giving up any major plays. So I, I think that I think that really helped him. To get a big splash play on his very first drive out there. Maybe it was his second drive. I can't remember for sure. But it was an early point in the game, in his first game. Like, you get out there, you've got the butterflies for sure. You've grown up loving this team. You run out of the tunnel with a horseshoe on your helmet for the first time. Your heart's racing at a million miles a minute. And you get this big play that can really settle you in and give you some confidence. And the Colts do need that. Like you said earlier, you're not sure how you feel about the back end of this defense yet. If Juju can be the player the Colts want him to play this season, that would be a significant step forward in shoring up a little bit of the back end because the front seven has been playing pretty good throughout the first three games of the season.
2: We were talking in the press room about you know why did it take until week three to get him out there? And we asked Gus Bradley last week what's holding up and he, he just had reps. It's we have to remember how much he didn't play in in preseason. He didn't play at all in, you know, in, in off-season at all with the wrist. And then he had the hamstring. So, and Gus just said he needs reps. Well, you know, didn't didn't get any reps. Get him some. Get him some. <laughs> so, and, and also, these are pros, so they can take the criticism. But I thought people have been a little bit harsh on Daryl Baker, that because he, he 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 has struggled. Well, well, this is the team putting him out there. Well, yeah, his first defensive snap of his career came in the opener. It did. So, you know, it's yes he struggled and yes he went he went from starting two games to being a healthy and active, but this is a case of, you know, the, the team knew what the team knew what they didn't have at the position, mm-hmm. the entire position, and they did nothing to fix it when, when Isaiah Rogers was whenever that was, was it June? Yeah. There's a way yeah, I think yeah. it was before um, it may have been before yeah, OTAs. It was before OTAs. So, you I knew you knew. So and I still think they're not happy with the way the secondary is playing. Totally happy, but I I think Juju is going to be a major contributor. You see him walk through the locker room, and my goodness, you talk about length. Yeah, he's just a he's just not he's not the kind of corner we normally see here. Right, and he's active. He's quick. He's got that length and good for him. And you always have to you always be careful because sometimes the second game out is not. Mm-hmm. To the level of the first game. Of course. So but but he's a keeper and and the more he
1: plays, obviously the better he's gonna get. And I think Matt, that's just gonna be the thing with the Colts this year. Like 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 Chap alluded to, the highs are gonna be high, the lows I think are gonna be low. We've got a good high right here after week through. A win at Baltimore. A playoff caliber team, an MVP type quarterback. If you have a rookie quarterback and rookie players like a Juju Brents, whatever that you're relying on, their ceiling, you're going to scratch that ceiling at times, and you hope that they those ceilings, like everybody, kind of plays it coming together, and you can put it all together, and that's what they did in Baltimore. But if they have lows at the same time, then it's going to be then it's going to be tough to watch, and, and you're going to have to have that And patience. they're going to have that game, yeah you got to figure they're going to have right. that game at some time. And that that doesn't take away from what they're able to accomplish in Baltimore. Well,
0: I, I mean, it really just goes back to, to – just think back to the Jacksonville game. They were, they were up in that game. It looked right. like they were going to be able to carry this thing home. And then you give up a punt return. Your rookie quarterback throws an interception. And then suddenly that point – that swings all the way around. So that's a very salient point that you're going to have moments that you're going to be really a high on this team. And then – you're going to kind of hit the floor with them a little
2: bit. D- does the Jacksonville game go differently if, if Zach Moss is playing? I, I think,
0: think so. Right? I absolutely does. think so because they got nothing out of that running game. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: So, but but it's it, it's it's what's interesting, is, and it's going to be interesting all year is, is to watch the growth of players, but watch the growth of the team because it's. And let, let's not get on their bandwagon. Somebody actually mentioned Super Bowl when you were talking, please.
1: Pump the brakes. No, like, oh, no, stop. don't pump them. Yes. Pound on them. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Stand on the brakes. You know, get,
2: get back with us in 10 weeks and we'll see. Right. But you have to be encouraged by what you've seen. With the fact that the quarterback has played five quarters. Mm-hmm. So l- let's just see this thing grow and, and hopefully it the arrow's still going up. And again, this schedule, the next two home games, what, the Rams and Tennessee,
1: Tennessee, what are they? They haven't done anything to make me go wow. So, so
2: if you play well, you know, and we in the media we always look at this, but but take care of business and see where you are in two or three games.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, one point I'll make before we uh, move on a bit, and that's I think the front seven has been the strength of the Colts so far through the first uh, couple weeks of the season. Twelve sacks is the second most in the NFL, and quitty Pay has a sack in the first three games. I tweeted this out earlier this week. Of the uh, all the players in the NFL, there are six. Six, who have at least one sack in three games. That's it. Just six players. Pay is in the same breath as TJ Watt, who is dominating so far earlier this year. Micah Parsons, not bad. See, pretty, pretty decent players. Matt Judon, who nope. Colts oh, know yeah. is, is, oh, yeah. is pretty good <laughs> from last year. Uh, Danelle Hunter with the Vikings. Uh, Danico Autry. With the uh, uh, Tennessee Titans. love to have him back Yeah, here, seriously. Obviously. And then Quiddy Pay. Those are the six players who have at least one plus sack in the
2: first uh, three games of the season. It's not a criticism, but with Quiddy, I get the impression he's never going to be that flash sack guy. He's just going to be the, you know, the the lunch pail guy that at the end of the game, you say, oh, you had a sack and a half and five tackles. And his issue to this point has never really been production. Right. It's been – staying healthy and there have been some games he's played where he's not been 100% so doesn't he I think he's also got a couple of fumble recoveries I, I was just going to mention uh-huh. he has a couple yeah, of fumble which, recoveries you know we talked to Michael er, with Pittman well he said I was just there on that one well but you're the, it's funny how guys who were there are always there yeah, it comes I, I think to Quid, hustle, I know? think Quiddy's going to be a guy that is you're not going to see the the flash the the, the you know the, the blind side I think he's just a, a work pail guy and that's great. And if he gives you, what, uh, 10, 11 sacks? Mm-hmm. I think tw- you said 12 sacks. I think seven players have sacks. Yep. That's just, you know, you want you want there to be a guy. Samson, I mean, holy smokes. he He's played well. Ebucom? Ebucom, yeah. I, I, I he keep is wanting well. to transpose yeah. words. But that, that's I, – I never like backs by committee, sacks by committee, because that normally says you don't have a guy. Mm-hmm. But if you get this kind of production, front seven has played, you know, this last game, Buckner and Grover didn't do a lot because – they they didn't really go at him, right? But when you get these other guys making plays, uh, very very impressive. Yeah, there
1: was a name in that list that that I think if Quitty can reach the level of that, then that'd be great. That's Donnell Hunter, and he's a guy that's it's not viewed I think as the elite of the elite right. pass rushers in the NFL because right. he's in Minnesota. You know, it's like eh, we don't pay attention to Minnesota on the national scale. But but listen listen to these stats that he's had year after year. He came in had six sacks as rookie year. Then after that, six. And that was a year I think he was injured. Ten and a half last year and already has five this year. If Quiddy gives us,
2: gives us, if gives the Colts
1: 12 sacks. Beautiful. Beautiful. Absolutely. Because he, he's going to give you other stuff as well. Yes. Yes. Completely agree. Um, so, and, and it's something that, that, that I'm working on today. This is kind of a, a topic that we can d- discuss before we uh, jump into, uh, I guess, moving forward a bit that, um, well, this is kind of moving forward, but th- this Colts defense and the front seven can be better if Shaquille Leonard does what he has done in the past cuz right now Shaq has 18 tackles through 3 games that's only 6 tackles a game it's not the most impressive stat line um, and he doesn't have any sacks he doesn't have any forced fumbles doesn't have any interceptions so, so one I one
2: tackle for a loss i think That's
1: it. I think you're right. Just one tackle for loss. Now i mm-hmm. asked him in the locker room about this today. I was like, "Shaq, like, look, we've we've judged you in the past by takeaways. So you you get those forced fumbles, you get those uh, interceptions. It hasn't come this year." is that eating at you or is that something you can be patient with and he says for me it's a bit of both and then he went into saying the right words and saying that he has to not try to do too much which is accurate you can't try to you can't go out there and try to overcorrect based on hey i don't have any interceptions i don't have any forced fumbles i want to play a little bit more outside guess, of the outside scheme outside of the scheme to try to get that that's not what you do and right. he's completely correct in saying that but I liked his brief moment of honesty when he says it's a little bit of both, that it is eating at him a little bit that this hasn't happened. Now, it's only been three games and you you've, the, these things sometimes come in bunches as we've seen with Shaq in the past. You get one and then they keep coming and they keep coming. But if he can get back Maybe not even to what he did in 2021, which was tremendous what he did. It was, what it was, eight, uh, eight. He had like eight, 12 he, or 13 takeaways It was, was on ridiculous own, that right? he was in on, on so five, many of Five them. interceptions, I yeah, think it was. I think it was five interceptions and, and eight fumbles. I think it was like 13 that he was forced in on fumbles. something. Yeah, forced fumbles. So, like, if he can get back to something like that, like, that, that would be just another added weapon to this defense that has already kind of been, been turning some heads, I think, so far this year. But but I don't think we should be disappointed with, with where he's at. I don't think so either,
2: I, I think, and I, I want think, to say
1: that very clearly. I so, think, Shaq, we, don't put me on your bulletin board. I, I think okay? we
2: all expected a, I don't know, quiet, uh, whatever. But he, he this this is the first time he's played really since twenty twenty one. Right. Last year was window dressing, it just, it, it, and just so I think he's still sort of getting his feet under him. Maybe the instincts, I don't know, but I think if if he keeps giving him this. Yeah, they'd be happy, I guess, for another couple of games, and then and then you want more. But I think anyone expected him to be back out there being the takeaway guy, you're delusional mm-hmm. because of what he's been through. So I think what he's and he's he's not not played because of any injuries or or whatever. It's just been they've really kept him out of passing downs for the most part, mm-hmm. which is which is unusual, right? But, it's different than but done there's another in the big past. reason for that.
1: EJ Speed, EJ Speed's of played really gracious, well. Gracious, he's played well. That's another thing they'll be talking about on uh, on the Purple Zone in Baltimore on the EJ Speed uh, pass breakup. Do you, do you think th- I, I thought he hooked him? I thought he gave him a little hook, but that that refereeing crew was not calling anything. Fine, and that's they, fine. If, and you're not, if
2: you haven't called it, don't call it. They were
1: consistent throughout that game. I will say that there were plays that I think should have been called. I,
2: I missed the one with their face
1: mask. There was a yeah, there was a they missed
0: a huge face big mask. face mask.
1: Yeah. Um. On I forget who it was, but there was a face mask that was missed. There was a big holding that was missed that was a a a to do up in the press box and that's all. I'll get into that. But as long as they're consistently bad. Yes, exactly. (laughs) They were consistently letting them play. Right. And that was a play where it was a little hook. It absolutely was. But they let, they let them play, as they had been doing that entire game. Like was Pitt, Pitt had one, too, where he kind of got yes. held back
0: on on a pass. You, and, and it wasn't the, quite the same situation, but they let that one go, too. Right. So that, that, that was
2: on Zay Flowers, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's like, a receiver. And also, praying.
1: that's D J Speed needs to hook him or else Zay Flowers <laughs> <Right>. catches that <laughs> and, and run, goes 30 and, and yards. runs away from you. So he made the exact right play. He did what he had we, to do. We, it,
2: we, it, some of the better... Draft picks and signings. I mean, we haven't talked about Zaire Franklin yet. He's on pace for a zillion tackles. Syracuse University. I understand. I'm, I Big what, game against Clemson this weekend. I'm not going to watch it. Are you going to watch it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably won't. I'm sure there's that, yeah. something
2: on the Weather Channel I want to watch. Oh,
1: chap, no. But,
2: but, no, I mean, Franklin's on pace for 230 some tackles, whatever. And he, he won't because whatever. But it, it's really so many times in the past – I won't mention names. The guy has 13 tackles. And you think, I don't remember him. No, this guy makes tackles. And it's really good to see. But like I say, their front seven, the linebackers rounded out. And I'm including Shaq in there. Uh, they're, they're just playing at a high level. And it'll give, when you get 12 sacks and you get pressure, it does give your secondary a chance to, to grow, I guess. And they're, they're just not out there naked to the world for the quarterback. So... Encouraging. But when 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 Ballard hits on what was what was speed? A five? Uh fifth round pick?
1: I think so. On the fourth.
2: In and, and Zaire was you know, as we talked coming in, he was a seven, and you can check he, he might have been after Matt Adams. I don't remember. I think he might have been the second
1: linebacker they took in the seventh right. round that year.
2: And it's just really cool when you see these linebackers late, late, I'm not gonna say afterthoughts, but you're in the seventh round, you're just kind of
0: you're just who's, say, on, taking who's the guy. still on our yeah. board, you know.
2: Yeah. EJ Speed, fifth round pick. Okay, yes, and they both have gotten second contracts. Mm-hmm. That's that's you, you know those late round picks get second contracts. First, are not going to be monsters. What was I? Three for twelve, I think, which still pretty doggone good. Mm-hmm. But that that's how you that's how you build a strong roster is when you're going to have to pay. These guys, you know, in two years they're going to they're going yeah. to next year they're going to say
1: Zaire has outperformed that three years. They're, they're going to have to pay contract. Bernard Ryman. Oh yeah, left tackle money hey. next year. Hey, they they might have a good one, in I, Bernard Ryman. They he, might have a really good one. Again, I
2: I've noticed him because he's he's not getting beat and he's right. holding up, and he's come eons as he should have because they threw him out there when they shouldn't have last year. Right. Uh, but, but he got reps. That's what you need. You need reps. reps. Yeah. Well, they bad reps at the beginning. B- B- Juju was getting his reps in practice, and, and Bernie was getting his in Denver with no practice. Against on, Bradley Chubb. And, and on a bad ankle. Von Miller. But you know we, we've, we've talked about how they've got Miller. money invested in non-premium positions. If Bernie is there if his floor is Costanzo, which – it probably is. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay him. I, I don't know what left tackles are making, eighteen, twenty. Yep. Uh, so good for him. And, and that's what that's how you build around a rookie quarterback. Get that left tackle, and you can't you can't project injuries. But you know this is our guy. And then you know then you got Pittman, and this is our guy. And then you still need another stud receiver. But to get a left tackle, it just it you go into the off season and. You don't worry about it, you know. You're not saying, "Boy, well, we could we could get this guy." No, you've got him. You've got him. So now you can look at your attention and your money elsewhere. Which, again, Bernie has been very encouraging. I hope we're not put, jinxing put, put, in the jinx right. on him for yeah. this game. But but Baltimore is going to give you as much as anybody does mm-hmm. pressure. You know, at Kyle Hamilton, which holy smokes,
1: the same dang blitz three times. If, if you
2: got me once, okay. The last Fooled two me once. And how the heck does Gardner
1: Minshew not see it? He not didn't see, see him him any coming. Time. Didn't see him any of the three times. It's
2: your peripheral. I realize he's looking all times to his left, but yep. don't you see this train coming in? I'll
1: say this: Baltimore called it at the right opportunity yes. too, because yeah. Gardner's looking the other way the entire well, and, time, and they've, all three and, times, and they've
2: got your the right side of your line occupied with yep. with guys but holy
1: dump it yep. get rid of it do something
0: do something I, I, I just you know they were they were talking and and it's very true Minshew's experienced and you know they're like he's a coach out on the field and then he's seen everything and i'm like he didn't see Kyle Hamilton sure. coming <laughs> off the right side
1: and he's seen everything except Kyle Hamilton
0: yeah
2: <laughs> hamilton had two sacks in his career
0: in his career and he had 3 and a and a half yeah, it was the first um, half. It yep. the first
1: half. All in the first half. All third and long situations all off that right side. Yeah, whenever the uh, the uh, the home team PA is coming on in the press box and giving announcements about <laughs> stats in the first half, you know that's not a good thing if you're the right. road team. And that's what they were doing. They were talking about, like, the last time a Raven had three sacks, uh, the last time a safety or whatever, Jamal, I think it was Jamal Adams in 2019, had three sacks. And it never happened, I don't think, as somebody in the secondary to have three sacks in one half in the in NFL history is what but they only said. But all
2: he had to do was run from point. To point B, he just had to run. That's all yeah. he had to
1: do, and, and he can do that because he's a great he, athlete. He is, and, and Gardner's not going to be able to shake Kyle Hamilton. No, no. like no. he he might be a little mobile, but but he's and not. He's not To, that to Gardner's
0: credit, the other two, the first two sacks, he was able to hold on to the ball even though he got blown up. That last one though. You know, the ball did come loose, but as we talked about Mm -hmm. thanks to Quentin Nelson and Michael Pittman, that ended up, you know, working out okay for the Colts.
1: So at the end of the day, the Colts are two and one. They sit alone atop the AFC South. Anthony Richardson and Ryan Kelly did return to practice on Wednesday. I think they were both full participants in practice. They're still in the concussion protocol. You have to go through that step where you have to get cleared by an independent neurologist team first and then independent right so that has not happened yet as we tape this podcast as far as we know as far as we know they have not announced anything right now Uh, so maybe we get to talk to anthony richardson friday this week uh, in the uh, in the colts locker room that is still to be determined we will find out if the team wanted to stay competitive advantage they could not but everyone Fully anticipates right. him playing. Exactly. It, it doesn't matter. The, the Rams are going to imagine that he's going to play. I, I don't think there's there's really any doubt. You can right. claim competitive advantage, but there's no real advantage for that. Uh, also on the injury report, Quentin Nelson and DeForest Buckner did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. I don't think they
2: practiced last week. Uh, I don't think they did. Wednesday, either. I know Wednesday Quentin anyway. Did. Yeah, I think Quentin didn't DeForest practice w- uh, Wednesday or Thursday.
1: Yeah. Correct. So same right. with Quentin this week, and then he was full on Friday. So we'll see if that's the same process this week. Doesn't matter. Quentin's going to play on Sunday. You think? And he's playing pretty well. Buckner's going to play on Sunday. You think? Buckner spoke to us in the locker room today. He looked like himself, and uh, this is what happens with uh, veteran guys. Uh, they can. They, there's no need to have Buckner out there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday practice, and, and when if when. Resting his groin can do you. Is, better. That what he, is that what he was on there with? I think yeah, that's, that's groin, okay. what he was listed okay. with was a groin injury. So yeah, and, so and Q's got two. that
2: toe. Yep. and those are injuries that you rest him for two days and then you play,
1: and then it's back to where it and was. And it's back to where it was because and now of you have to rest him again. Yep, that, right. that's the NFL man, and that's something that that maybe the average fan doesn't realize how like how you can stay that you can keep the same injury the, the order you get maybe you realize it because you know I, I'm pushing 40 now so you get to that point'm I'm, I'm way past my, my prime my, my NFL prime if, if it was ever to happen you have one? For, a, for a five six 140 <laughs> pound uh, yip yap coming off the uh, off the edge uh, you know so uh, it, 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 we won't even get into that but uh, but but yeah it's just to, to work so hard throughout the week to get ready to play to get able to play. And then you're right back to where you started. In some ways, that's a frustrating week after week reality. But uh, but it's the one that pays the bills, and it's the one that they that um, that that is required of you in, in this league.
2: And that's why players absolutely hate Thursday night games. Exactly, because a lot of times
1: Thursday is when you start feeling okay. Yeah. And here you are playing now. Yep, and thrown right back into the fire there. Also, Dallas Flowers on the injury report was a full participant in Wednesday's practice, though, listed as a back injury. So we'll, we'll keep our eyes on that. Also to keep our eyes on next week when it comes to injuries, uh, big news, of course, this, this next week, guys, as Jelani Woods can come off pup. I didn't know that's where you were going. Nice
0: swerve.
1: <laughs> hey! <laughs> also Also true. Also, also true. true. Jonathan Taylor. Both can, things can be true. Yes, Jonathan Taylor can also come off PUP next week, the physically unable to perform list. And Chap, the, the rule is you can start practicing and then you get a 21-day window uh, to be elevated to the 53-man active roster. So basically what it is now, it's a roster exception that Jonathan Taylor is allowed to practice uh, once he come, comes off the PUP list. So a, a big week when it comes to uh, the the biggest story of the uh, of the preseason and training camp for the Colts is going to be right back under the microscope uh, next week when uh, when when the uh, the rams game is is in the past.
2: Well, and the first step on that is passing a physical right. You know that that's step one. and you know, a, a, as I have told and other people it is that's not going to be an issue. They think he should have
1: could have done that in. July. And he's posting videos of himself running around the Colts complex. I mean.
2: And, and Shane Seiken kind of gave us an idea of what to expect because he said, yeah, he's gonna he'll be off pup in a couple of weeks. Well, he could come off next week. Right. But in a coach's mind, he's thinking, when might I have this guy? And right. They're not going to. There, There's a better chance of you and your little, whatever your frame is. What did you say it was again? 5'6", 140, okay. something there's like that. There's a better chance of you running the ball. Uh, in, in after the Rams game, then Taylor, they're not gonna do. He, has, he hasn't, but he hasn't practiced since December. Aaron Donald would kill me. Oh my goodness, <laughs> oh he he would he would brush you aside. Like, what was that? Yeah, he may may not even say what was that. No. Uh, so I, I think that you know the, the the likely time frame is is if he pra- if he passes the physical, is to practice next week. You know, starting with Wednesday. And maybe practice that next week, and then play the third week. Uh, but you know, he's got he's got to prove that he wants to be here. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that is that part of this?
1: I don't know. I, his options are so. He's got to prove that he wants to be in the NFL right now. There you go. And I think that's yeah. the best way to put it. And if you want to be in the NFL, you have to play for the Colts. Deal,
2: deal with your situation now. Exactly.
1: Like, you've got to be the adult and play under your contract because— Not saying he's not been the adult no, so far. But no, but but like you, you have to do it because of your situation right now. And we've talked about this here on this podcast about— if if you just don't play and and you're ready to go and your contract tolls for next year, then you're back in the same exact situation that you were. You need to come R- out really worse off. Yeah, exactly, because you, you, you lost played. a year and you, and you lost a year of your prime. You're a running back. You can't lose a year of your prime. Like that that that's the whole point of right. this. Right. That, that's what they're fighting for. And, and so so he needs to play. He needs to be able to prove that he's healthy and if he really wants a team to trade for him th- then you need to go out there and show what you are capable of doing on a daily basis and honestly one of the worst things for Jonathan Taylor is that the Miami Dolphins who are probably the one team the most interested team you would think in acquiring him right now they have the number one and the number five fantasy running backs in the NFL right now because well, well, Mike, he, well, his addition of they score 80 yeah, I don't know exactly I, I don't know but but Mike McDaniel has schemed up that running game to to masterful levels where he Mostert toot toot boiler up is the number one fantasy running back in the NFL right now. And they have another player who I forget his name because he's a rookie and it's a stranger name. One of the chap would only need to know how to spell. Exactly. Uh, like, you know, are, that's the thing. I, I forget his name already because I don't play fantasy football scored anymore. Four touchdowns. They had two yeah, guys score four touchdowns. Insane. Absolutely you insane. You know what was crazy about that game? What was crazy, what was crazy about so, that game, chap? Well, a
2: lot. But 70 points and people, somebody posted that owners were, were upset that they ran it up. First of all, owners don't care. No. So I don't believe that. They scored 70 points. They didn't score in the last eight minutes. And they scored 70 points without a field goal? Without a Punt return, kick return, defensive—they scored ten offensive All touchdowns. Offensive, It's yep. unbelievable.
1: The, the great thing was we were in the locker room because they were—that was a one o'clock game too. We're in the locker room, just running around to different Colts players doing interviews, and some guys are yelling back and forth at each other about the Miami game. They're like, "Yo, they put up 70. What the? Heck? It, was, it was funny listening to their reaction to seeing what was going on. Somebody
2: put a, a, a clip of a, of a play from the back, and there might be six Broncos on the ground.
1: Yeah, it sounds about right. T-
2: tackle somebody. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. With t- you know, in my mind, the the best landing spot for Jonathan Taylor is Baltimore. They they could use a, a home run hitting running back, but f- again, I, I've I've taken the stance that I I think they should just trade him, dump him if that's the word you want to use with whatever you can get, but you still have to have somebody that's willing to do what prevented him before, compensation, even even if you lower your compensation. But is Taylor going to go anywhere and just play out his contract, his final year's contract? So we'll see. Uh, To me, the encouraging thing is at some point soon, there will be some kind of resolution on on what is stat. uh, uh, Resolution air air quotes quotes right here. Because once he's active, we're all going to be, second-guessing or at least looking at everything he does Mm -hmm. did he run out of bounds because he's protecting himself or whatever he's not practicing today because of what so there's a lot of a lot of fence mending that has to go on almost all on his part uh and I, i keep going back to the same thing him in this offense would be amazing he is that good you know and that's taking nothing away from zach moss but Moss had 18 carries for 88 yards at Houston. You watch some of those plays, and Taylor would have gone for 50 mm-hmm. on a play. Mm-hmm. So, But we'll see where it goes. But We're at, at least three games, I think, from Taylor stepping on the field for these guys in a game.
1: Well, the first game in the Colts' path right now is the L.A. Rams. They are 1-2, tied for last place in the NFC West as, the, as they stand. Week 1 was a great start to the year they beat Seattle. When everyone's questioned, hey, how good is Seattle? Whoa, how good is, how good are the Rams? They beat them 30 to 13, too, really drummed them up there. Um, then week two, they lost to the 49ers, which you would expect. 49 shit. No, shame. 49ers. Yeah, no, no which shame is one of the best all. teams in the, in yep. the league. They lost 30 to 23, so they're within one score. That's not too bad. Last week was not a pretty game as on Monday night football they lost to the Bengals 19-16 and the Bengals are a team that's really struggling right now too so not playing all that well the Rams did not look all that good um, still to keep to keep two teams below 20 points this year you know the defense is solid Aaron Donald's over there you know he's always dangerous Matthew Stafford's been in the league 15-17 I don't know exactly how many years but uh but can is is going to know what to do with the football every time he's back there and what what he want how he wants to attack the Colts defense so, so they're they're going to be. It's going to be a, a, a different challenge that they've had um, in than they had in the first couple weeks of the season facing him. Uh, the last meeting back in 2021 was a uh, Carson Wentz foot injury game. Had to um, mention his name, didn't you? I did. Well, well, Matt put it right here. It was so. in there.
0: I almost did that as the quarterback who shall not be well, named. Well,
1: there you go. They hit, but his name is there, and that was actually like there was that was a back and forth game as the Rams were about mm-hmm. to go on and win the Super Bowl yep. that year. And then uh, at the end, when Carson got hurt, I think it was Aaron Donald even that tackled him. Um, that, that just kind of it, it just ended the Colts' chances of, of being able to to do that anything. Who went in the game? Uh, what? Who went in the game for Carson Wentz? Uh, Jacob Eason went go. in, right, and promptly threw an interception, didn't he? Yeah, yes. So. yes. Yeah, he, had,
0: he had a haunted look of a man yeah. going out on that exactly. field. I, <laughs> I just remember that. Yeah. during the headlights. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you're going in
1: the game, Jacob. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do I have to, coach? And, yeah, exactly. And that's why the next weekend Carson played on zero total ankles. In, in oh, that Tennessee. was a Tennessee game. Yeah, so that yep. was the next week. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, we're not talking about that. We're, we're moving on.
2: We, uh, get, we start down that rabbit hole, and it's hard to it pull really yourself
1: is. back out. It really is. And, and it was Matt Gay, in fact, as Matt. As Matt points yep. out here, that kicked the go-ahead field goal with two twenty-three remaining in this game. That's crazy, absolutely crazy. Uh, let's take a look at the, uh, the the Rams this year. They're they're middle of the pack in points per game. Um, they're scoring 23 points per game. The Colts are scoring 24. They're not a very good rushing team right now uh, near the bottom of the league, 26th in rushing yards per game where the Colts are in the top half. They're 12th in the league right now. Which is
2: amazing considering they rush for...
1: After that week one performance. Yeah. Right, and it's the uh, it's, it's the passing game that has led them. The Rams are fourth in the NFL right now in passing yards per game. Matt, and they don't even have Cooper Cup right now, so no, they've been able no. to find it with some other, other avenues up there. So that, that's been impressive to see that. Uh, defensive side, they're, again... Uh, Middle of the pack, 13th in points in large, 13th in rushing yards. They're 7th in passing yards, so that's been slightly better. Uh, for them. The Rams have only one takeaway this year, and uh, they have, uh, they're have minus three on the season. The Stafford has four interceptions. Uh, the Colts are plus two in takeaways. Uh, they have five takeaways, only three turnovers, but no turnovers since week one. Haven't had any in week two or week three, so that's a good trend right there. Uh, when you look at the offensive and defensive rankings, I don't think there's anything too, too surprising on that, and of course, these things are going to be worked out through the entire season. You look at how teams are playing right now, you usually take it like three or four game swing. Teams, a oh, chap, always talk about they talked about quarters of the season, but but again, then you get like, that one the, game that it, just we, hands. You already made that point today. That the seventeen game season really, really throwing you off. So you look at. Like I think teams will still judge like four game swing. So this is the, like this is the last game of this early swing. The Rams are trying to show that like they have some of that magic they they found in Week One and they just kind of and maybe even Week Two to hang with San Francisco just couldn't quite make it the next week and with the, the Bengals, the Colts are trying to prove that that the magic they had in in Baltimore is something that's real and uh, and that they uh, they're not the the team the defense that gives up 14 points in the fourth quarter like they did Week One Week Two. So I think this is. This is a game where both teams, either, either one of these teams, can really, uh, can, can really kind of stake a claim at who they are early on in the season. Obviously a long way to go, but, but, but you look in the grand scheme of things and how teams evaluate themselves at certain points of the season. After this game is one where teams usually take a look and evaluate themselves in from a big-picture standpoint.
2: Yeah, and again, this, this is when the Colts need to get back to protecting home turf. What Their last home win was Jacksonville. Yep, in early October, I think it was last year. It's been
0: a year almost. Uh, so oh, yeah, that was the big the Alec Pierce catch, wasn't it? Right, yes, yeah. it was
2: right. So and, and there's something to that hey, it's great to be two and zero on the road, but you know I, I use the Cincinnati Reds as an example. They got a losing record at home, for crying out. You know, take care of, it you know normally go six and two at home, and then see what you know split on the road, and, and then you're in a position for something. So get back and do that because I think for the next five are at home. I think I'm in my week to week mode. But as I said, this the, the schedule is conducive to giving your putting yourself in position to do something, whatever that something is. But it starts with come out there and taking care of home turf against teams that aren't exactly at the top in in, in the upper quartile. Well, the upper the top. The, if you the can mention quartile. Carson Wentz, I can mention upper quartile. Darn, right. Yes,
1: you can. Absolutely. I'm not I'm, I'm not putting that <laughs> past you at all. Go ahead. Do it. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. Matthew Stafford was sacked six times last week against Cincinnati. And Cincinnati does have a pretty good front seven themselves, too. Um, and uh, and yeah, the Colts, like I've said earlier, they have the second most sacks in the NFL. So the, the one thing the Colts have not done is go up against a starting left tackle, which has been a crazy stat to me that all the first three weeks of the season that the left tackle uh, for the opposing team, the starting left tackle, has been out um that, that'll uh maybe change this weekend uh their starting left tackle is did not practice oh on my goodness how he, about he, that
0: he left the game last oh week gosh. Oh how many gosh. times
2: have we seen games where the colts have gone against a team with this guy that guy out and they don't take advantage Say, of it? and it doesn't matter
0: right yeah right. yeah
2: you need to make it matter they you know what houston had what was it? three starters out and they right. shuffled.
1: then take advantage of it yeah yeah, uh, the top running back for the Rams is Kyron Williams, and uh, Cam Akers had been their guy for a while, but and and then well, he was their guy for a little while, and then all of a sudden he was in Sean McVay's doghouse forever and just never could get on the field, and they traded him away. In fact, to Minnesota, either la- I think it was last week, just last week they did this, maybe two weeks ago. And He
0: was a surprise inactive, I think, in week two, and then yeah, leading right. up to the trade, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So so Kyron Williams as uh, forty carries, near thirty nine carries, hundred forty two yards, so only averaging three point six yards per carry. It's not like he was. All that much better, but uh, just the, the Cam Akers era was uh, was done and over with there in, in L.A. Uh, Cooper Cup won't play. The rookie, what is it, uh, Puka? Puka Nakua? Yep. There you go. Yep, Nakua. He has uh, 30 catches in three games, averaging 10 catches per game, 338 yards, uh, though he has not caught a touchdown yet, uh, averaging 112 uh, receiving yards per game. So somebody had to step up uh, in place uh, of of Cooper Cup. You figured it was going to be like that they were gonna f- that they were going to find somebody. Right. And and, and Nakua has been the main guy. Two Atwell, 17 catches. Tight end Tyler Higby has 11 catches. So, Atwell's so more the big play guy. He is. Yes. Um. They've spread the ball around a bit there, but uh, but Nakua's uh, been the uh, been the steady steady Eddie so to speak. BYU, is that where he's from? I, mm-hmm. think I it believe is? so, yeah. BYU fifth-round so. pick, I believe. They throw the ball around quite a bit there. They do. They do throw the ball there. And they throw the ball in L.A. too when you have Stafford there and your top running back is averaging 3.6 yards per carry. And the Colts this year, they're averaging giving up 3.5 yards per carry. They're one of the top 10 teams in the league in rush defense. So you got to figure, chap, that that's going to be resting on the arm of Matthew Stafford and, and not exactly the legs of Kyron Williams if, if the Colts are going to stop one thing. They, they've they got to be able to stop Stafford if they want to win this game.
2: Uh, and again, that's, you always hear, that's, the, run the ball, stop the run. We, a lot of times we, we roll our eyes when they do that. But defensive, it's not wrong. Yeah. No, but defensively, if you can make somebody throw, and I think the more the more you make Stafford throw, the more you got a lot better chance of getting to him because he is gettable, as, as you showed from the six sacks at, at Cincy. Right. So, uh, again, I, I feel I'm still – I don't know what the Colts are going to do offensively because I just don't know, which I think week to week we're not going to know with Richardson back in. I think you feel there will be splashes at the game that are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Defensively, I just think I know what you're going to get, and I think which is normally good. Uh, and again, if it, if you've got a front seven like these guys have got, and then you get Juju, and the safeties are playing pretty well, it's that other
1: corner you're a little bit concerned about. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think this is a good matchup for the Colts. Him. On the defensive side of the ball, it starts with Aaron Donald uh, for sure. Eleven tackles and one and a half sacks is not that great for for the year, but it, it takes one game. Like we've said with Shaq, uh, it takes one game for him to, to get back to form. And, and if I had to pick one player that would get back to form, it's the guy who's been healthy. You know, it's it's, it's Aaron Donald should be just fine. And uh, he's gonna he's gonna put the interior of this Colts line to the test. It's gonna be tough on Quentin Nelson with his toe injury. It's gonna be tough on uh, Ryan Kelly coming back trying to get back involved Blue in the fries. game after his uh, after his concussions could be tough on Will Fries. Did Will Just,
2: Fries go back in the game? Yes, he did go so, okay. back in the that's game. The yes, cramps. he
1: went out uh he went out and then he came back in. Okay. Um so so yes. I remember like I, I he came back in pretty quickly too. Like I don't I don't know if he was even okay. out for a full series uh if I recall because I remember but making the a note the of line it. has played well. Yes. It's I mean it's played
2: well. Yes. Forget about Kyle Hamilton, that's that's a scheme thing and a, t- a quarterback thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Played pretty well. Yes. I I, I completely agree uh, with that sentiment um let's see uh so it's pretty close to deforest buckner's stats uh buckner's doing a little bit better like 13 tackles as opposed to donald's 11 two sacks to one and a half three tackles for loss to just two so so they're they're right now they're they're very similar stat wise and what they've been able to produce on the field uh linebacker ernest jones their leading tackler with 28 uh also safety jordan fuller has 19 linebacker christian roseboom has 16 himself uh, so those are the top names to watch for when, when the rams defense is out there uh, and is out there on the field and chap kind of like you, you mentioned, with, with the expected return of Anthony Richardson, you would expect it to be a slightly different offense than we saw in Baltimore and also alluding to what Michael Pittman Jr. told us in the locker room just today as we taped this podcast on Thursday that you, that he, he hopes to, to be pushing the ball downfield a little bit more. He's seen the game plan. I think I he mean, has. He, he knows what they're working on. Exactly. We haven't seen the game plan, but he's seen the game plan. Yes, yeah, I, it's,
2: I it's funny. I, if, if you really listen, these guys tell you what's what, what Reading to, between sort of the expect. Lines. Yes. Again, we, we were talking uh Wednesday and we all expected Richardson to play this week but he, two players said yeah it's, it's just really good to have him back you know not like we hope to get him back that it's good to get him back like it, he is back yes yeah so yeah it's it's now the thing with Richardson is is he's going to give the Colts more explosion and more you know game-breaking things but there's going to be more risk involved mm-hmm.
1: more variability there yeah.
2: will right which is we, we've we said all along going into the season there's
1: going to be mistakes yeah can we put something to rest here by the way like Richardson is the cold starting quarterback I like Good I, Lord. I, I, I don't I don't want to have a discussion on this because I don't think this topic is worth a discussion uh, but but I do need to but I think we need to point it out because it's at least been a stupid debate point uh, Bill Cowher yeah exactly
2: it's going to be hard to go back to the no, it's not.
1: It's not <laughs> going to be did hard you, at all. Did
0: you actually watch that game? No. I mean, I know the Colts won, and and Minshew did a good job of pretty much taking care of the
1: ball. But th- it was not a better much, game than he, I Yeah, like he was the perfect backup quarterback in this scenario. Correct. He did not lose the game, and he he, he almost did with uh with uh, d- d- to be fair the fumble and the, Ex- inter- exactly. in the, in the safety, and the jump but, ball to. But for the most the part, safety, he ran now. the offense. He he moved the ball a little bit. He got you enough. Uh, he did what you asked of him. You were never down by like two or three scores where you tried to unload it too much. Like he played a defensive type battle game. But and, they needed four 50-yard field exactly, goals exactly, and a bunch of defensive stops. You're right. So like so let's, that's not, let's not over-inflate what he did Correct. either. And that's all we're going to say about that situation because Anthony Richardson is the Colts' starting quarterback. And it's not to take away from Minch. No. We're just saying Richardson gives you some dynamic play that you just cannot get from right. Gardner. And, and he needs reps, is what the Colts have said all, all, all year. And he's like, their
0: f- first-round pick. He's their for, pick. For he's th- the fourth, fourth overall, overall pick. pick. Yeah,
1: yeah, he needs to be out there. Uh, Rams injury report for this week. Tyler Higbee, the tight end, did not practice on Wednesday with Achilles injury Matt as you alluded to starting left tackle Eric jo- Jackson uh, with a hamstring injury did not practice on Wednesday that is something certainly to watch out for we will follow that online on, uh, on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone you can follow us there for news and notes throughout the week and Mike Chapel's work online fox59.com cbs4indy.com too he's at mchapel 51 to follow him there Ben Skoranek and Puka Nakua uh, the wide receivers uh, were both injured uh, Skoranek did not practice on Wednesday with an Achilles injury uh, Nakua had an oblique injury and was limited on Wednesday, but Matt, as you note here, he's been dealing with this for a couple weeks, so it's not like this is a new thing and he's been productive through that injury, so that's nothing that the Rams are going to be worried about, you think. Their starting right guard, Joe Noteboom, had a knee injury but was a full participant in practice on Wednesday, so still, if, if there's one position that you you want to have the backup, it might be that left tackle position, uh, so there, so that's the one that, that we're going to have all eyes on this week. As the Colts host the Rams at Lucas Oil Stadium, it's a one o'clock kickoff. If you're in central Indiana, it'll be broadcast on Fox fifty nine, the Colts are favored to win. From what I've seen, it's like one or one and a half yeah, points th- right now. I saw
0: both today. When yeah, depending around. on
1: what you're looking at, and I think the over unders at like forty six and a half or forty seven. So they're anticipating a 23-22, 24-23 ball game is what the the professionals the professionals say. Uh, we fully anticipate Anthony Richardson and Ryan Kelly to play because they were both full participant in practice on Wednesday. It would take a a really strange path forward for them not to be able to get a clearance from an independent neurologist after having a full practice on Wednesday. And Richardson, he was at the game Sunday. He was. Yeah, he was right there on the sideline. Normally,
2: don't you think if you're in concussion and you've got symptoms... You don't put him on a plane? I would think so. I don't know. Maybe, so. yeah, I, I maybe I'm way off there. on that. I don't know. No, that's up. what I would Next think. time you see Will Carroll, ask him that.
1: I might do that. But, but hey, that is online right now, the discussion I had with Will on Fox59.com. So be sure to check that about his uh, his latest article that he did for FanBuzz uh, up there. I was just going to say, I, I did like the fact and that he went
0: with the team and he was engaged yeah, in the right. game, mm-hmm. going over talking to Minshew right. and Ellinger about you know what they're seeing and that kind of yeah. stuff. I, I really... It's part of that learning process, and even though he couldn't play to get the reps, I like that he's still mm-hmm. mentally in
1: the game. So let's get to our predictions for this game. I'll go first. Matt, you go second. I'll
0: go last so you guys can
2: steal my exactly. score. Exactly. Well, well, do, right do you want to go first? Okay. Fair enough. Go right
1: ahead. Oh, great, great. Then I'll go. I, I can think. I can see this game going either way, but I'm going to be positive this week because I think there's a lot of reasons, like I said, very, at the very start of this podcast to be positive about this Colts team. I think the defense is playing really well. I think that getting Richardson back could be a good shot in the arm. I am not scared about anything on the uh, Ravens' defense of the Ravens, the Rams' defense, except number ninety-nine, the, which is a big one to be scared of. Let's be perfectly if honest. If he makes here. four
2: plays, he can blow the game. Yeah, exactly. up. Exactly,
1: it's like J.J. Watt uh, on on those Houston Texans defenses, kind of later in his career with right. the Texans. Like he was definitely the the big ticket on that defense. But you looked across the entire rest of the roster, like who is this? Who is this? Uh, it's uh, T.Y. Hilton going and schooling uh, and being the right. the clown you know wearing the clown mask uh, against uh, against nameless cornerbacks there um in houston and and so so yeah it's, i think that's a really good comparison so so we'll see what what donald does he could wreck the game i'm not putting that beside him but uh, nothing on the rams offense is super scary nothing on their defense except for aaron donald is super scary cooper cup would scare you yes but. absolutely but he's not playing right. so so you're so you feel better about that um so so I'm going to I'm going to take the Colts in this game. I'm going to go by a final score of 22 to 16 is is my prediction the Colts get the win they get their first win at home under Shane Steichen they have a, a good momentum building three and one after four weeks so you feel really good I think if you're if you're in that building and you go three and one after four weeks you feel absolutely exceptional about the start to the season and what you've been able to do even with Richardson missing a game him coming back and getting a win here in, in their their first home win in, in, in this era so so that's my prediction Colts win 22 to 16 they keep building some momentum moving forward. Matt, what do you think is going to happen?
0: Man, it, it's really tough for me. Um, I'm, I'm just going to go. I do think Steichen's building something here. Um, schematically, I think the Colts have had an advantage with him behind the helm. I think they're a much better coached team than they have been the last few years. Um, I don't think they're going to have a letdown this time. I'm kind of afraid of that being that they're a young team. But I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and push my chips to the middle of the table with the Colts winning this one. I'm going to say 30 to 24 Chap.
1: Okay,
2: no, no one stole my score. Hey, I've got twenty-seven, twenty-four. Uh, Colt. Colt, good all guys, right. good guys, the good guys. Because again, in in years past, and I don't mean to dump on Frank or whatever, but this is the game I would expect him to lose. Because you 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 just had the big win at Baltimore, and all everybody's feeling goody goody, and then you come out and you don't play well at home against the team that the very least you're you're even with. But I, I think. I do think Steichen is, has already got his fingerprints on his team, how they approach it. I think, he's, I think any new coach, if you're any good, for the first couple games, for the first couple years, you're going to have the player's attention. I think he does. They, and let's let's just have Matt Gay kick that game-winning field goal for the Colts this time instead of the uh, the Rams.
1: There you go. We'll, we'll, it'll, it'll be the same story. Matt Gay kicks game-winning go. field goal inside Lucas 50, Oil Fifty-five
2: yards. What's his what's his career? How on? Fifty. Hmm. Six or fifty. I'll tell you that. I think,
1: I think it was fifty-eight. Okay. Yeah. yeah, all all those that were low fifties had plenty of leg. Like they they all oh, it hit was like right down. The it, might, it might have been not high on the uprights, but it was halfway up the uprights, perhaps. Like Justin Tucker's would be way up there. Like yeah. At so his we needed to get in black blackout mode again. Exactly, and, and the conditions it. weren't that great. They weren't right. perfect out no, there because it was kind not. of it was wet. It was muggy, so that that everything is heavier out there in the air. It's tougher to push a ball through through wet, muggy air. But uh, but they did it, and and it was perfect. And like I, I go back to what Rigo said in the locker room, Rigoberto Sanchez. Like the second he heard it, like you're just it's looking funny down. How and you hear can it. tell that, but you can exactly like you, can. you heard it, and he knew it was going in. That like he didn't even have to look. Like you, you could tell just by the sound it made coming off Matt Gay's foot that it was going in. Yep. So uh, so the Colts are certainly thrilled to have a kicker that that is is reliable. Even like if that. you think they but shouldn't have paid him that much money, uh, and 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 I and I made that argument. I All made right? that argument on this podcast. You were by like, yourself. What, what we you were by no, yourself. Exactly. And, and and he's going out and proving why why are they doing this well because it, he may
2: games. win you three games a year
1: in, in a year instead exactly. of lose you. exactly three games in so a year we saw we've seen kickers here who will lose you three games in a Let's year not a because no, no, he's a, no, he's a hall of famer to. exactly like we don't we don't need to but uh, he was he was the best kicker to, to ever set step foot on an nfl field and he might be a hall a first ballot hall of famer that'll be up to to you and, and everyone else to next exactly next year when he when when he becomes eligible but but that, that that's a story for another time because we've already gone gone on well well longer than we usually do here on the podcast but there's plenty to discuss here uh so we appreciate you listening we will see you next week on the colts blue zone podcast after the colts wrap up this weekend against the rams take care everyone